Welcome to our Harvest Men of Valor podcast. This is Pastor Elijah, and I pray that all of you are doing well and enjoying our study through the book of Malachi. And we're continuing in our study through the book of Malachi, and I'm going to be covering Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, and we'll be briefly jumping into Hebrews chapter 12. In this message, I've titled Careful Correction. Now, raising children can be the most difficult yet rewarding things we do in life, and especially when it comes to the difficult children, like the kids who are stubborn or the kids who are rebellious, the kids who think they're in charge. And back in the days, my parents used to use this phrase, and some of you guys' parents used to use it too. It was, don't get smart with me. I didn't understand that phrase until I got older and thought about it. And what it meant was, you think you know better than your parent. You done got so smart that you think you can correct me. And you want to do it your way and not the right way. So you want to talk back. And that's what my parents used to say. Don't get smart with me. And this is where discipline and correction came into play. And don't get me wrong. As parents, it could be hard. when We have to correct our children. But nowadays you have what they call gentle parenting. And gentle parenting is when you try to reason with the kid or you be real nice with them um, as if 6,000 years of human existence got it wrong. And you can parent whatever way you want. But for me, I'll stick with biblical parenting on this one. Because if three-year-old little Timmy is having a fit and you try to reason with him or you just give little Timmy what he wants, little Timmy who doesn't understand that the world doesn't belong to him or revolve around him, and he doesn't get everything he wants, if he doesn't understand that there's a correct way to behave, then little Timmy will end up as a grown, entitled man. So we correct little Timmy because we love him. And now little Timmy is just a name that I made up. But the point is, because we love our children, because we want the best for our children, we want them to not only behave in a way that is proper for society, but we also want them to do the right thing. But as parents, we give careful correction. And this is correction that is strategic, purposeful, and full of care. And we do start gentle, and sometimes we need to turn up the heat and give them consequences because if we don't carefully correct our kids, the world that does not love our kids will cruelly correct them. And that's how little Timmy can end up in prison or even worse. And in the same way, God corrects his kids because he loves them and he wants the best for them. And he does not want them to end up being corrected or dealt with by this world. And I think here in Malachi 2, God has given us a picture of his game plan for parenting those who he loves. And as you know, back in chapter 1 of Malachi, God declares his love for the nation of Israel. And then he calls them out for their polluted and unworthy offerings. And in chapter 2, God's message through his prophet Malachi is a direct warning and rebuke to the priest who were basically the spiritual leaders of the day. So let's look at Malachi 2 and see how God deals with his leaders. And the first thing that we'll see as we read verses 1 through 4 is that God gives caution. And I'm going to read Malachi 2, 1 through 4. And I'm reading out of the ESV. And now, O priest, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send curses upon you and I will curse your blessing. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. What we see going on is God cautions the leadership. He gives them caution or a warning that if they do not listen and take heart and give honor or glory to his name, that he will bring his judgment on them. And when it comes to the name of God, it's not so much 
about saying his actual name as it is about giving God his rightful place. And over and over in the Bible, we're told that we are to keep God in his proper place. And the first four commandments deal with God's place. It says, put no other gods before God. Make no engraved image of God. Do not take God's name in vain and set apart a day of rest in God. See, the Lord needs to be in his proper place. And we are to put no gods above God, besides God, or anywhere around God. His place is his place alone. And they were not honoring God because they were giving him these unworthy offerings. And it's like asking your kids for a cup of water and they grab it out of the toilet after someone has used the toilet. That is so disrespectful. And if that happened to us, we would not only reject that cup of water, but we'd probably be ready to fight our kids. (laughs) And in the same way, they were giving God these sacrifices that were not only prepared right, but they were basically giving him the worst of the worst. And God gives them caution. He says, I'll punish your descendants. I'm going to take this worthless dung-filled offering and rub your face in it. You offer me poop and I will give it right back to you. And see, God had blessed these people with everything they needed to give him a proper offering. Just like the kids who gives toilet water to their parents. They could have gone to the purified water dispenser that you pay for with cups that you bought and give you a small portion of the water that they've been drinking that you paid for this whole time. And let's take it a step further. The kids that knew better took the toilet water from their younger sibling and still offered it to you. And that's what the priests were doing. They were allowing the people to bring them unworthy, dung-filled offerings, and then they gave it to God. And they knew better. And yet God, in his careful correction, cautioned them. He says, your carelessness has brought about some of the judgment in your life, but be warned, take caution, because this judgment will get worse. So God in his careful correction, one, he gives caution. And number two, God gives clarity. Malachi 2, 5-7, it says, the purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace. And that is what I gave them. This required reverence from them. And they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instruction they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walk with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turn many lives from sin. The words of the priest's lips should preserve knowledge of God, and people should go to him for instruction, for the priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. And see, God is not that mean father who just gives out discipline without instruction, but he also gives clarity. And you can give caution to all the kids all day about how disrespectful they are, how they're doing everything wrong, or if they keep doing this particular thing, they're going to suffer the consequences. But a good parent will give them clarity on what to do and why. And this is what God did here. He gave the priest clarity. He let them know that he made a covenant with them, that they belong to him in a unique way. And the agreement was that he will grant them life and peace, that they were required to give him reverence, to fear him and stand in awe of him. And this speaks of this position of closeness that they had with God. And the closer we are to God, the more reverence we have of him and the more we want to do the right thing. And the commission was for them to take what God had revealed to them and teach it to the people so that the people will have reverence for God, put him in his proper place and be granted a life of peace. See, not only were the priests, those who tended the temple and the sacrifices, but they were also those who taught the people. 
And we know that when the teachers who God entrusted with his truth fail to teach the people the truth, they have not only failed God, but they have failed the people. In 2 Chronicles 15.3, it says, For a long time Israel had been without a true God, without a teaching priest, and without the law. And see, when the teachers of God fell, there is lawlessness. And look at America. We took the Bible out the government, and the government became endorsers of evil. We took the Bible out the public school, and the public school became indoctrination centers of debauchery. We took the Bible out the pulpits, and churches became institutions of idolatry. When we remove the word of God, we remove the reverence of God, which removes the reality of God, which leads to the rebellion against God. And I'll say that again. When we remove the word of God, we remove the reverence of God, which removes the reality of God, which leads to the rebellion against God. And this is why James 3.1 tells us, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Because a teacher is accountable to rightly divide the word of truth. And God says, when the priests honored the covenant, when they instructed the people, it says in verse 6, they did not lie or cheat. They walk with me, living good and righteous lives. They turned many from lives of sin. And God gave them clarity on what they were to do. In verse 7, it says, for the lips of the priest should guard knowledge and the people should seek instructions from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. The messengers got the clarity that they needed. And yes, God gave them caution about the things that they were doing, but he also gave them clarity on the things that they need to do and why they should be doing it. But because of their failure to do these things, God gave these priests consequences, which is our third point in verse 8 and 9. Malachi 2 verses 8 and 9, let's read. It says, But you priests have left God's past. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism in a way you carry out my instructions. See, as we read this, God in his careful correction had to give them consequences. And the biggest issue when it comes to someone who is in an influential position is that their sin affects other people. And see, these priests had caused the people to go into sin, and therefore God gave these priests consequences. And it says they were despised and humiliated. And we think about being a leader in a church. Lots of times when you see leaders, you respect them, and there's reverence for these leaders. And we see leaders sometimes as celebrity. You hear about celebrity pastors. We see them as influencers. Or you see influential people on social media who say they represent God. But we also see the consequences of their fall, and it's a great fall. And it brings shame on God and shame to his work, or it brings shame to the gospel. And this is why there are harsh consequences for those who are in leadership, because we have been entrusted to represent God. And we don't build our own brands, but we build the brand of God. And let me say this, if you're a Christian and you represent the name of God, you may not think that you're a leader. But look at these consequences. It says in verse 9, So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all people. And let me ask you this to the Christian out there. Maybe you're not in a position of leadership or maybe you are in a position of leadership. But the question is, are you misrepresenting God to your circle of influence? Because everyone who bears the name of Christ, you're either leading people to God or leading people away from God. And too often the church is looked at as despised and humiliated before the world because we have not represented our Father in heaven well. 
And the consequences are necessary for correction because it teaches us that in this world, everything we do has consequences. But it's better to have consequences from a loving father than consequences from a hateful world. So as children of God, he carefully corrects us. He corrects his leadership and he will give us that caution. And he will also give us consequences. But ultimately, God's correction, and this is number four, he corrects us because he cares. And all I'm going to do is just read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. And this is from the New Living Translation. And it says this, starting in verse 5. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure his divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own child. Whoever heard of a child who has never been disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and you are not really his children at all. And since we respected our earthly fathers who discipline us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers discipline us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And if you're experiencing God's careful correction, remember that God's correction is full of care and designed to give us a life of peace. So whether you're in that place where you're just being cautioned right now and God is warning you, or maybe you've been past that place of warning and you're starting to learn through your discipline and God has given you clarity in what you are supposed to do, or maybe you're in that part where you're being disciplined and you're suffering the consequences. I want you to remember with God's discipline, he carefully corrects us. He cares for you. And I wish I had more time because there's so much gold in these passages. But family, that's all the time that I have for this week's podcast until next time. And if you want to study these things deeper, which I recommend you do, I want to encourage you to join a Harvest small group. And you can join our men's, women's, couples, our co-ed groups at harvest.church forward slash groups. And once again, you're listening to our Harvest Men of Valor podcast. This is Pastor Elijah. God bless you.